We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. We are sponsored by DraftEasy.com. Nick Whalen here with the great James Anderson. It is Thursday, January 25th. James, you know what that means. It is finally AC Law III's birthday. Uh, this is a big day for me personally. I don't know how you felt about AC Law, but he is on the absolute pantheon of pantheons for me when it comes to college basketball players. How old do you think AC Law is? 45. I'm just kidding. 45? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, good one. <laughs> like 32. 33. You're really good at guessing these. Yeah. I would. I don't know what I would have guessed. Not 33. That seems that seems too old. Uh, but I think his NBA career is probably done. Mm-hmm. He's currently playing overseas. Um, surprisingly, we have a lot to get to. You actually approached me about wanting to talk about LeBron. Um, I did. What I thought was initially maybe an elaborate prank. <laughs> It turns out you do want to hit on LeBron. We'll do, um, we'll talk All Star stuff. Do a little mini draft of our own. Uh, discuss the the players that were officially named to the team earlier this week. But first, the Rotowire Rec team took one on the chin last night. Um, I think it's fair to say the the opposing team was quite a bit better than we were. I think we hung in there maybe better than Vegas expected. I don't oh, know yeah. what the, the I mean, we definitely covered. Uh, we certainly covered. I don't know what the line closed at, but it opened at I think like twenty and a half. Like that was that's about as good as we can play uh, realistically. I mean, we still had like a, a few really stupid mistakes, but our team just 
we we come with the stupid mistakes. Like there, right. it, there's a couple players on our team where it's just like we're not gonna have a game where there's not <laughs> a, a stupid mistake from this guy. <laughs> there was a point one one guy on the other team early in the second half uh, after one, one of our one of our teammates pulled up for like his fifth consecutive transition three in a row. Like the guy like, looked at me and was like, are you guys serious with your shot selection? And I was like, honestly, this is how it always goes. So <laughs> it's getting to the point where other teams are kind of baffled by the shots that we're taking. Um, but that's, that's uh, just look, how we play. Hey, I mean, I think we play as if there's bonus points for doing a behind the back pass. Yeah. That was, that was a rough one last night. I, I had a botch <laughs> behind the back pass. I think Ross had a couple botch behind the back pass. When you have the, like, I mean that, that one, it was setting up to be the easiest two on one of all time because oh. you had the defender coming up to like almost meet him at half court. And the, the other guys just running free down yep. the lane and any variety of passes would have worked, but behind the back pass, probably the worst pass to choose in that situation. Right. And I always <laughs> defend myself as someone who is a frequent behind the back passer. It's become some, uh, somewhat of an issue in that, like, it's just innate now because <laughs> I played too much like bad basketball that it's just, it's just like, it just happens. But a lot of the times it's actually an effective pass. Like yes. If you use it right, it's, it's very effective. There's times uh, when it's the best pass. Yeah. Like last night there weren't, a, there weren't many of those times. Um, <laughs> you remember when a couple of years ago when the Kings, I think it was Ronadive like wanted them to start playing like three on five basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we do, but it's not planned. Like there's you know we don't really get back on defense. Uh, we we didn't really do a good job of cherry picking last night. Um, we could have done better, I thought. <laughs> but the the big takeaway was it's like cherry picking without actually picking any cherries. Exactly. Yeah, it was <laughs> kind of reverse cherry picking. <laughs> we let them cherry pick. Uh, but the big news I think was a sweatshirt that we saw yes. at the gym. So this girl walks by as we're shooting and she's and she right yeah um she's wearing this sweatshirt that says what does it say westbrook mellow westbrook mellow like 2018 like as if they're running like as a political tandem Mm -hmm. and i think it's a play on that the famous bush reagan or reagan bush sweatshirt from the 80s or sure sure i mean there's all kinds of these like i mean right just all, all yeah 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 i mean there's all kinds of Every year, every every mm-hmm. time there's like an election cycle, there's just all sorts of these. Uh, but I was just amazed and kind of offended on Paul George's behalf that right. it was Westbrook and Mello. I mean, Stephen Adams is like uh, roughly five times better than Mello. Paul George right. is maybe ten times better than Mello. Um, I mean, how many duos of teammates would you rank ahead of the Westbrook Mellow duo? Well, it's tough. <laughs> if I mean, you're if talking you're, about a political. If this election's coming up in a, in a couple of months, it's like you're looking and saying, well, Westbrook made a really bad choice for his vice president. You know, right. I, I think it's going to cost, George it's going to cost him the election. Right. Paul George was there before <laughs> Mellow. It's not like they made the sweatshirt and then they signed Paul George. Like Paul George was already on the roster when they got Mellow. I mean, it would be like if you did lebron wade except that like the Cavs don't have right so many better options like the, this one's right. actually worse because i'd be like doing like cousins etuan moore 2018 that that would actually even be better because like <laughs> etuan moore is probably better than carmelo right now um do you think Melo <laughs> believes in his heart of hearts that he was snubbed from the all-star game yeah i think he does yeah i think he definitely does i think Dwayne yeah. wade probably thinks he was snubbed. Dwayne wade i'm 50 50 on whether he thinks he was snubbed Melo, i'm like 90 percent he yeah he thinks i he think Dwayne wade if someone gets hurt from the east and Dwayne he's wade gonna expect picked, a call yeah, he's gonna be the he's, he's gonna, gonna be like oh it. i guess i'm i guess i might have plans right so. well it was like Melo <laughs> last year in, in new orleans yeah. like Melo down like he didn't make it i don't want to go i don't want to go i'm good i'm going on vacation 
cut to Kevin Love gets hurt. And Mello's right there. Yeah. Canceled the vacation yep. and made the yep. trip. Yeah, I think it is kind of cool, though, that players want to go. Like, Andre Drummond didn't get picked. He was, he was kind of, you know, subtweeting, I don't the coaches, I guess, for not picking him. Uh, like, NFL players don't complain if they don't make the Pro Bowl. And half the players that make it just don't want to go anyway. How does that work for baseball? The players want to be in the all-star game in baseball, right? Uh, not really. I mean, it's baseball is such a long grinding season that like, I think a lot of guys would like that four days, uh, especially pitchers. Like the only real reason I could see wanting to do it, if, especially if you're a guy like Wade or a guy like Carmelo is just for your resume for just it's where you're going to rank all time. Yeah. Like it's like better to be a 10 time all-star than a nine time all-star. But I just, maybe they, I, they actually might like playing in the game because NBA players don't try in that game, right. but like, it's not, this is a regular game for those guys <laughs> for, for, yeah, for Wade and Carmelo. They're putting forth a uh, normal amounts of effort in the all-star game. Um, but yeah, I mean, for like baseball players, it's, and I mean, football players, like it's always fun when it's like your first time or whatever. But after that, I think you'd probably prefer just to have the four or five days mm-hmm. off. I mean, it's kind of like the road wire Vegas trip. Sure. It's like, it's fun the first couple times, and then it gets to a point where you're like, well, you know, I could go. That'd be, that'd be fun. Well, that's coming from you who skipped the last <laughs> one. I, would, I, was never, I never considered skipping it. Um, all right, so we should get to some. We yeah, well, get let's to this start with, this, with Kyrie. Yeah. Um, or, or this Kyrie. is just a story that just came out uh, about a half hour before we sit down to record here. Joe Varden, Cleveland.com, one of the many writers who's on the Cavs beat day in and day out. Uh, tweeted a story with the headline, quote, Kyrie Irving threatened to sit out with knee surgery if the Cavaliers didn't trade him, according to sources. So uh, long story short, you know, obviously we know that Kyrie asked for a trade midsummer. And I, I think one of the topics recently, especially with the Cavs struggling as they have, is like, why didn't they just play hardball with Kyrie? You know, he doesn't have a no trade or yeah, he doesn't have a no trade clause. They didn't have to trade him. Obviously, that might have created some you know, some further stripes within the locker room, but especially with as bad as Crowder and, and IT have looked, like you kind of have to second guess that decision. But if this is true, and, and Varden makes it clear, this is according to sources. It's not like Kyrie admitted this. It's not like, you know, Dan Gilbert told him this, but, um, you know, it says, according to multiple sources, Irving threatened to sit out the season and have surgery on his knee. It probably, I mean, Dan Gilbert might've been the guy that said it. I mean, that's very possible. Like, just don't <laughs> put my name by it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, Ky- uh, Kyrie's agent, Jeff Weschler, did declined to talk about this. Uh, and, and Varden does note that Gilbert didn't personally respond. Um, so I, I'm assuming it's not him, but Maybe it was one of his kids that shows up at the lottery. Very. Oh, that's thick, very possible. Big frames guy, kid. Yeah. Big frames guy. You, I mean, to be fair though, that guy should be in the hall of fame for his contributions <laughs> as a lottery, uh, participant, but apparently Kyrie, this says in the story, Kyrie needs minor surgery, like implying that he still needs it. Uh, as a follow-up, he, you know, he broke his kneecap in, I think the second or third round of the playoffs, the first year that, that they went to the finals. Um, and apparently it's a, it's a procedure that he'll have eventually probably sounds like next summer, but basically Kyrie was going to hold out have this knee surgery in the middle of the year and make himself virtually worthless. Um, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't really trade or doesn't really change anything. You know, the Cavs traded him, it's done and over, but I mean, has a player ever really used like surgery as, as a, as a bargaining chip like this? I mean, it's, it's kind of shrewd, I guess, on the part of Kyrie. I'm sure it's 
probably happened in in some sport maybe yeah. maybe the nba at some point and we just never heard about it uh i mean there's all kinds of stuff you can do to kind of force your way to a certain situation whether right. it's if you're about to get drafted and you just threaten that you won't you're like trade pull, me or i tear my own acl yeah. um to me like the thing the, the whole reason why we're all talking about this now i mean obviously it's because the Cavs are playing like crap but it's because Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas are just really not useful pieces at all to this no. team. And Isaiah Thomas, it's not not necessarily on him. I mean, he's coming back from like a pretty significant injury. Like it's, I mean, but how would you, if you were the Cavs, why would you have expected, especially after you got your doctors to mm-hmm. take a look at him, why would you have expected him to be a useful piece? And I thought to me, Jay Crowder, I didn't think he'd be this bad, but I thought it was clear last year that he was he was starting his decline. Sure. And once a guy like that, who is sort of a, a three and D guy, once the D part is kind of iffy, then they really start to lose value because you know if you can't put Jay Crowder on the other team's best wing without him getting torched, then like what's the point of Jay Crowder? Exactly. And if Jay Crowder isn't hitting spot up threes, um, yeah, I mean he's been horrible. Isaiah obviously has been terrible. I. You know, I, told, I get that Isaiah's coming back from this injury, but when you watch him, it to me, he doesn't look all that physically limited. He's just missing a lot of shots. He's taking a lot of shots. You know, I mean, is there's something to be said for getting back in a rhythm, but the Cavs at some point don't really have, especially with the trade deadline approaching, they don't have another two months to say like, all right, well, we'll, we'll slowly work you back. You know, like it's, if they're, I think it's becoming more and more real that they could trade IT and they only have, what, a week and a half? to decide that it was just always going to be a terrible fit. Like, right. Even if you were getting peak Isaiah Thomas, he's a guy that needs the whole offense to kind of be run around him. And like he, Brad Stevens, like hats off to him, basically constructing an offense that allowed Isaiah Thomas yeah. to be a borderline MVP candidate when yes, in actuality, like this isn't, I mean, he's not even, a 20 a top 20 player in the league and like they were the Celtics were able to win a bunch of games with Isaiah Thomas right. as their clear top offensive threat like mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas as this like second or third option on offense is just awful like that's just terrible like you'd rather have right like and you'd rather have Kyle Korver playing that role than Isaiah Thomas yes well and it's it, it, I don't think anyone has actually reported this but it seems very likely that Isaiah is basically told them like I'm starting you know like the Cavs <laughs> the Cavs are going to tweak their lineup and it right. sounds like it's going to be Tristan in for for Jay Crowder which is fine whatever but I, I don't think that's really going to change anything <laughs> the Cavs aren't any the Cavs are like one and four I mean, when Tristan starts it's not like that's a, a golden ticket the issue is IT right and like I think he he is so far in his own head as far as like I am a top five player that, that I don't think he would come off the bench I don't I I think in theory that sounded fine you know it was like all right well we'll just swap him out for Kyrie back in October I mean not that long ago everyone thought Cleveland won the steal I wouldn't say it's not like they fleeced the the Celtics but I think generally it was like wow considering the circumstances Cleveland did really well here fast forward three months and it's complete opposite right I think yeah so the the thing is like that that Brooklyn pick still has yet to determine the deal in my opinion like at the time, I thought that pick might be, you know, top five, top six. Now it's looking like it might be like eighth or ninth, something like that. 
but if they somehow still end up getting a, a top, if it, if it ends up being a top four or five pick in like a vacuum, you could argue that they still won the deal, but they didn't win the deal for their purposes. Like their purposes are right. to, to win a title in what's probably LeBron James's last year mm-hmm. in Cleveland. And I mean, this made them so much worse uh, for those uh, right. goals. And there were just, there had to have been better options if all you were doing was trying to flip yep. Kyrie into a piece that was going to help you win this year. So, I mean, is it fair to say that LeBron is gone if they don't trade the Brooklyn pick? I think that's very likely the case. Like I think if, it's fair to say he's gone, period. Yeah, I mean, the, so it, rewind to October. The things that the Cavs had to do this year to keep LeBron were, one, improve the supporting cast, and two, I think make it back to the finals. Anything short of making the finals, you don't necessarily have to win it because I think LeBron is, you know, he's grounded enough to know what Golden State is. And, mm-hmm. you know, he he realizes that it's just unrealistic with, this, with the current supporting cast, especially to, to topple that team. But everything is, if you're at Cleveland and you're trying to make this case of why LeBron should stay, you've completely boggled every single thing. They really screwed up. Starting with not bringing Griffin back. I mean, that's, it was obvious right. then and it's I mean, so that, obvious now. That was an awful move, but... Um... You know, I I think they probably should have in the Kyrie trade. I think they probably should have been more on the hunt for long term assets that could not only, you know, contribute this year, but give them a brighter outlook for 2019. And so that's where like a guy like Jalen Brown, like I think it's pretty much agreed upon that the Celtics weren't going to nix a Kyrie trade because of Jalen Brown being involved. So like if Mm -hmm. you get the Brooklyn pick and Jalen Brown, at least then you're sitting there with like a guy that could be, you know, turn into like a top right. three player on a title team plus this asset. And then maybe you flip the pick then mm-hmm. for like another young player. I mean, you just have so many more options. Whereas like IT Crowder, like that's just uh, right. dead money basically. Right. And and why I think it really is black and white as far as the Brooklyn pick. Like unless Cleveland and, you know, David Griffin in the past has kind of been able to turn something into nothing or nothing into something at the trade deadline. But unless they're able to, turn some combination of Crowder, IT, Love, whoever, into, you know, a big-time player to put next to LeBron, and then somehow things click down the stretch, which at this point seems highly unlikely. You know, like what, let's say they lose in the East Finals, or, you know, somehow LeBron drags them to the Finals, they get swept, something like, obviously, it's very clear at this point they're not going to win the Finals. What is your, your pitch to LeBron is, all right, we're bringing back basically the same roster. We have no flexibility whatsoever. We have a ton of bad contracts that nobody wants, but we have this number seven pick. Like, is it, in LeBron's mind, is he going to be like, oh, well, we'll just add, you know, if, if we add Colin Sexton to this team, then we'll beat, the, you know, like the Brooklyn pick, even if it lands at number one and you get Aiton, Doncic, Bagley, whoever, like that guy is not going to help you beat the Warriors the next season as a rookie he might help you beat the Warriors in four years but at that point LeBron's gone or he's 37 years old like I just don't see I get why why Cleveland wants to keep the Brooklyn pick as a as a safeguard against just cleaning house like like what happened last time LeBron left but if LeBron leaves it's over anyway you know like right. you're 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 out of contention for the next seven or eight years at the bare minimum well if LeBron leaves yeah I I think if I if there was a trade out there for the Brooklyn pick where they would get, you know, whoever, like CJ McCollum, 
throw out whatever like borderline star you want to that's under control, like then they would have done it. I just don't think there's a ton of demand right. for the pick because there's so much uncertainty where it's going to fall. Like I, I think a lot of front front offices are looking at this as like a five or six player draft, mm-hmm. and if there's like a fifty fifty shot that you don't even get one of the top five or six guys on right. your board, why are you giving up like a, a long term piece for that pick? So. I just I don't think they I think they're just in a really tough spot where probably the smart thing is to just accept the fact that LeBron's leaving and like try to set yourself up to be as good as you can be three four years from now. But mm-hmm. like that's obviously I'm you're not going to do that if you're the front office right. because you're you have the best. Player they're in a horrible spot. Yeah, and you, you if you want to start preparing for two three four years down the road, then you're going to make yourself worse this season, which mm. essentially means that LeBron. Is going to leave because you didn't put enough around him. I mean, and a lot of this goes back to LeBron himself. Honestly, so like, if this was a like a baseball front office or something like that, uh, or like a fantasy team, LeBron James would be getting shopped pretty hard. Oh yeah, like like you would be saying to San Antonio, like, all right, give us, uh, you know. Dejounte Murray, Kyle Anderson, LeBron, like LeBron three, would be three like future first round picks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it, it would just be like, give us like every good asset you have, mm-hmm. and we'll give you LeBron. But like, you, they're not going to do that because you, can't trade you just LeBron. can't. You can't. And so they're just they're screwed. They're going to probably go to the finals mm-hmm. again. They're going to lose by twenty points every game, and that'll be that. Yep, I completely agree. I think this is the and worst supporting actually, cast LeBron's had in probably eight I, years. I do want to say this, like as we get into the All Star uh, draft. I could actually see this being the year where they don't go to the finals and I could just see LeBron. Cause I mean, you know what it's like when you're, when you're playing with players and you're just kind of like, Ugh, like, I don't, I don't really care. Like the, yes. these guys suck. Like why, why am I going to bust my ass when we're clearly still going to lose this game? Like it might get to a point like that for him. I mean, the amount of miles on his body just over the last seven, eight mm-hmm. postseasons alone, maybe he just looks at this team and is like, Maybe I should just save myself for next year yep. with whoever I'm with because I don't want to. I don't even want to keep playing with this team. No, I <laughs> completely agree, and, and I think obviously LeBron would never say that, and I don't think his effort would ever get to the point that it's that obvious. But if you watch the San Antonio game, the OKC game, there are a lot of possessions where LeBron, you know, passes off and kind of says like, "All right, you guys, like, you want you want to." Yeah, I think a lot of the criticism has come back to LeBron. You know, things have fallen off on him. It's like, I think he wants to show people, like, look at what happens when I let these guys do it. I just don't think he's having any fun. No, not at all. And it's... No, no. There's nothing he can do with this cast of characters that's going to improve his legacy. Like He knows it. They could get bounced in the second round, and it's not going to hurt his legacy because it's just like, I mean, look at this team. It's a joke. Like It's one of the worst defensive teams in the league. It's the worst defensive team by far that he's ever played on. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I actually could see a team like the Raptors finally oh, yeah. taking that next step and going to the finals and getting absolutely waxed. I think uh, this is going to turn out a lot like the year before LeBron left Cleveland the first time when he right. what did they lose in six to Boston? Yeah, and, and it, it was and was, LeBron just and it was kind of ugly in that last game. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean it's <laughs> this Cavs team is a lot like those older Cavs teams where there's a lot of I mean the the names are much bigger. I you kind know. of almost, I, I think I'd almost rather see a Celtics Raptors like Eastern yeah, Conference Finals too. just because it would be two teams that are just laying it all on right. the line because it actually means something to them. Whereas yep. like the Cavs, it's just like, 
the Cavs are not fun. the Cavs <laughs> used to be so much fun to watch um just because I mean LeBron the gravity that that he demands opened up a lot of things and he, he's a fun player to watch Kyrie obviously is way up there and they are not fun at all they're a bad team on both ends they it, don't like playing together that's very clear is it pretty much if we're talking about teams that could make it instead of the Cavs is it just the Celtics and Raptors can you make a case for anyone else I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, who else would it be? No. Milwaukee just I mean, fired its coach. I think Washington's the, not really good. I think the Wizards, like, they have the talent to go on a run, but there's just been absolutely yeah. nothing in the regular season to suggest that this group mm-hmm. is ready to do that. I don't think they're deep enough either. I think no. I think the Wizards would get bounced by either Toronto or Boston first. I think Toronto is... Yeah. Well, I so think it should be Toronto and Boston. But here's That'll the thing, though, is like Toronto and Boston are both teams that are just so much better built yeah. for the regular season than the postseason. So I don't, I'm not going to rule anything out as far as the Wizards are concerned, just because mm-hmm. when you narrow down those rotations, that takes away some True. of the Raptors and the Celtics' strengths. And we've never seen Kyle Lowry or DeRozan. Right. Oh, well, Lowry do and DeRozan are god awful in like, the playoffs like, every year. I mean, I don't think we can say. I mean, Beal and Wall have a better track record in the postseason oh, than those two better, do. Yeah. And, I mean, Kyrie's great in the postseason. Maybe there's a chance they get Hayward back. So, I mean, the Wizards stuff should have beat there. the Celtics last, you know, in the, in the yeah. playoffs last year. They just year. ran out the of Kelly Olynyk game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the game. The. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I've wa- watched, I watched Boston in L.A., the Clippers, last night. And, like, Boston is just, I mean, they're not the Warriors by any means, but it's you know, it's kind of similar the way that everybody contributes. Like I got, I'm watching Terry Rozier would looks like he would be the second best player on the Cavs by a mile. Like the way he was playing last night, they have, they have so many just really good players who know exactly what to do. You know, I'm watching Kyrie late in the fourth quarter, you know, it was, I think an eight or 10 point game, not quite put away. Like Kyrie's just deferring to Terry Rozier. Like, and, and it was clearly a play set up where Terry Rozier is bringing it up. Kyrie's running around screens and it resulted in a, a wide open floater and I was like, Kyrie would have never done that in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's, he would have never been put in these positions. And he, who knows if he if he would have been willing to even to do things like this. And it's the gap in coaching, I think, not only between Stevens and Ty Lue, but between Stevens and like 90 percent of the rest of coaches in the league is, is huge. And I think, like you said before, he deserves a ton of credit for turning it into a respectable player. Uh- yeah, I'm not I hate respectable. Isaiah. Like, I, Isaiah, I said last year I hated watching Isaiah, but my God, he turned he's him into an MVP candidate. Yeah, like not just respectable, he's like awful. Man. It, that's one of the great coaching jobs of all time is to yeah. like ride Isaiah Thomas to as many wins and as much success as yeah. they had. Back like, up the Brinks truck, baby. That's kind of like. Um, you know, there's like taking someone that's like really, really good at something like a, a really good cook and giving them like terrible ingredients and yeah. be like, all right, like, like someone that's on top of their game, like just a, a way for them to sort of show off. I mean, that's kind of what Steve like riding doing. Blake Bortles to the AFC title. Game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is it going to get this summer? His value is oh, as man. low as it's ever been in the last just, few years. I don't know why. Who's, why who's going to be the team that pays him? I it has, it honestly has nothing to do with the money to me. It's just like, if you bring him in and you're a good team, like you either have to structure your whole thing around him or he's just going to be ineffective. Like it just, it makes no sense. It's like the reverse of, you know, all these, you know, Roy Hibbert type of centers who were in such demand five years ago. And it's like, you can, you can have Al Jefferson on your team. You can have Roy Hibbert on your team, but when they're in there, things have to basically be structured around them to compensate. I could see maybe like, Maybe a team like the Heat or the Mavs give him like a one year deal yeah. and just think that their culture right. is going to somehow 
whatever. But like the, but the dream of him getting like a four plus one for uh, I mean, for 150 I, mil or whatever. Like I would be I'd be pretty shocked if he got more than two years. Yeah, I think someone gives him maybe a two plus one at like 15 a year. I, I don't even know where it would. Which I have team? no idea. I mean, right. Who, I would not who, want to be that. Who's team. this team? <laughs> I mean, it's going to take a team like, let's say Charlotte loses Kemba, you know, and they're, they have the all-star game next year. Like they want something. It's it's going to take like a desperate, desperate, desperate team for team. Magic are on high alert here. <laughs> I mean, the Kings, they played each other the other night, by the way. Oh, it was like that Spider-Man meme come to life. The, the Kings are, the Kings are definitely in play for us. <laughs> we just drafted a point guard. Let's get Isaiah back. Um, all right, let's do classic let's do overpay this for the guy you let go. Like I heard Windhorse the other day was like the caption trade for Joe Harris, like the guy that they had on a G League deal <laughs> last year and just let walk. Like, like, that's the, where the we're Pistons at. Pistons should trade for Dinwiddie. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cashback, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, okay, so we'll do a quick all-star draft. Obviously, I will be, I will be representing LeBron. You'll represent so you Curry. Get, you get first pick. Yeah, I get well, first, first pick I want to say, were there any players that you thought were legitimate snubs? I think Paul George, to me, is... Well, I mean... We, I think we said this when the first thing came out about how they were going to do this. The fact that they're still doing it as 12 from the East, 12 from the West is so stupid. stupid. Like, so stupid. Who cares? Just if we're doing it this way, right? Let's let the, the best players in. And yep. in that, in that scenario, I think Paul George and Chris Paul both should be in over yeah. a handful Chris of Paul's guys in the two East. Two more games than Steph Curry. And the argue, the only reason that Paul isn't in this game and it's universally agreed is, oh, he missed too much time. Like, there's no other argument. The numbers, the wins, everything else is there. So I don't think John Wall should be in. Um, okay. Who should be in over him? Well, like in this scenario, Chris Paul. Like oh, if right. I'm okay. allowed okay. to, okay. if I'm allowed to sub from another conference, sure. uh, I would have gone Drummond over I, Love. I wouldn't. I, I just don't like Drummond. I I might go. Fair enough. I might go Paul. <laughs> I might go Paul George over like. Oladipo or something like that, yeah. or Paul George over maybe Carl Anthony Towns. I don't, I don't know. Paul George, Paul George over should, Kevin Love makes sense too. Right, I mean, Paul George should be in here, but when you look at the West and the way this is structured, it's like I don't know. Who I don't think really... Paul George should make it over anyone in the West. I okay, think, I think fair. like there's guys in the East. He probably should make it over. Oh, uh, yes. Chris Paul probably should make it over a handful of guys in the West. <laughs> like, I mean, Chris Paul's having a better year than Dame Lillard. I just, so. I mean. I, I, the Warriors, all four of those guys are very deserving. But we got four guys from the Warriors, one from the Rockets. You know, I mean, the Rockets are how many games worse than the yeah. Warriors? Not I many. wouldn't. I wouldn't take. I guess if I, I think you could probably make a pretty good case that Chris Paul should be in over Clay, but I think Clay yeah. should be in over like four guys from the East. Yep. So I don't, I don't 
feel strongly about that way. I don't think anyone from the East really got snubbed. I mean, no. I, I think you could... You got to start really scraping. You can maybe snubs. say Kemba over John Wall, just because John Wall's been right. so inconsistent this year. But Saw like, some Tobias Harris snub takes. Oh, yeah, maybe okay. the worst take okay. of all time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what <laughs> no, to say. That's no, just, I just no, wanted to put no. it out there that I did see that. Okay, so I have the first pick because I got the most votes. Right. Now, so, do you think that he legit got the most votes, or do you think the NBA just wanted LeBron to be a captain instead of Giannis? Because Giannis was leading him at some point, and I think they, you know, I think there might have been a panic to to make sure that it was LeBron and Steph as the captains. I mean, I was gonna say that's ridiculous, but that's actually not that. Ridiculous. No, it's not at all. However, <laughs> if they were if they were televising it, I would totally be with you on that because you would want LeBron and right, Steph. But right. like the fact, one, this draft just happened this but afternoon. It's, it happened it's like not even. Ago. It's but it's. When they're introducing the yeah, teams, yeah. there's going to be, like, a big thing about the two captains, right. and, like, you want LeBron to be a part of that. So, one, why is this draft happening now? Why did it happen on a Thursday well, afternoon? Did you see Stein's report? Mark Stein reported that there was a lot of pushback from the players' union about broadcasting it because yeah. apparently right. some players are going to get all sad and right. embarrassed Which when they're crazy, picked last. Man. Like, who cares? You're That's an all-star. We know who you are. The guys that right. should get picked last, like, it's not a secret, all right? Yep. No, I totally agree. I think that's very odd. And I think it's it's weird that it's coming from the player side, you know? Like, these guys... It's just such these a... These guys all know each other. Like, like grow just, up. It's weird to me. Like, I don't think... Baby. Right. Like, who would be slighted if you're... You know, if you're Kevin Love or if you're... You know, I don't even know Kyle Lowry, Old well, Depot, who has, who's never been to an All Star game. Like, would you really be mad that someone took, you know, like so Russell Westbrook is, over you? Is the whole is it going to be this covert thing where they try to keep it? It's all like, going to come out. I would, okay, bet, I would okay. bet a lot of money that it's. But are out. we going to know the order? I think so. Okay, it's, how would that not leak out? Right, I, somebody's going to yeah, get. Yeah. Okay, so. Out. You know, you don't even have to. So if we're going to find out the order, I wouldn't be surprised if that leaked out by the end of the day. If we're going to find out that DeMar DeRozan was the last starter picked and we're going to find out that, you know, Oladipo was the last reserve picked, then what's the big deal about having Steph and LeBron do it? It's not like you're making all these guys stand up there (laughs) and then they have to be the last one standing up there. And I don't even think I mean, guys were in, you know, Durant and and Draymond were like in commenting on Steph's Instagram post about this saying like oh you better pick me You're like these guys don't care how many I want to like to know what we should be reporting on is which players are the ones that really like yeah. stepped up and were like I don't want this televised <laughs> I'm like somehow I'm coming right. back to like Mello and Wade somehow yeah. <laughs> even though they're not involved <laughs> Mello. It's definitely Mello. I, so one in if in an ideal world this draft would take place on Friday night after the rookie soft game or at halftime of the rookie soft game. One, like you're closer to the game as possible. Right. You build up the audience for the rookie soft game, which a lot of casual fans don't care about. All-Star Saturday already has the dunk contest. Like halftime of the rookie soft game. Yes, exactly. And all the guys are already there at that point. And you then you still have Saturday to do like a little mini practice, whatever, you know, uh, just to walk through with the guys. I think that they, I think eventually it'll be televised. It's, it's, the NBA has to want this televised because it would get it's significant a ratings. It's the no-brainer of all no-brainers. And I don't get I, why they wouldn't just strong-arm the players' union on this. Like, is this re- is making it televised right. really going to like cause think, some like unrest? Like, I don't. They're, so. they're going to get over it in two right. seconds. I think all these. I think the order will eventually leak out. 
Um, people will realize, like, people will freak out for a the day. The NBA might leak the order. Yeah, it, seriously. <laughs> be like, screw you guys. Right. I, <laughs> I think it'll leak out. It, people will go crazy, and then we'll realize, like, oh, they're all all-stars, and you could yeah. you could pick these guys in almost any order, and it would be – you could – the thing is, with the way the NBA is right now, you can formulate a 100 different storylines based on what order these players are drafted in, you know? Like, if LeBron takes Draymond over Love, that means something. If Curry takes Love over Draymond, that means something. Like, there's just – no matter what, there's people are going to make drama out of it. So I think at the end of the day, it's just not going to be that big of a deal. All right. Okay, you're you're on the, the clock. So the way this works, starters have to be taken first. So we mm-hmm. have to go through all 10 or I guess eight remaining starters. And then we move on to the bench. Okay. Yep. So with my first pick, I, LeBron James, LeBron Ramon James, will take Kevin Durant. Wow, man. Wow, and I mean, you you have some but i mean just i'm surprising to hear you you me nick whalen playing lebron james take God. kevin durant so okay. <laughs> and this is in response to his comments from <laughs> about capella which is the most one of the most tone deaf things he said this year and it's not even number one probably because he's had so many oh boy. but go. my god here we go kevin durant of all people here we getting go. on someone here else for go. not having a hard job he, his I, job's so i could do a, i could do a whole solo pod about that all right. all right who are you taking Giannis Antetokounmpo. okay i will take for the sake of fun joel Embiid. oh well, I'll take Anthony Davis, and I just want to step in and just say, I I honestly think it would be amazing to me. To me, it's like Durant, Giannis, and Dave, Davis in this tier by themselves. Like, yeah, I mean, Davis is coming off of like a fifty-some point game in the All Star game. Like, to me, if LeBron somehow doesn't end up with two of those three, it's kind of an eye opener. Just because, wait, why would you not? Why would you not take two of those three? Um, I don't know. I mean, who is he? Are they really building these now, monsters to win this game? Let's just say this: if he takes Harden, then fire up the Houston speculation. Yeah, well, that's again. who I'm going to take with my next pick, James Harden. All right. So I have LeBron, Durant, Harden, and Embiid. I have Curry, Giannis, and Davis. And wow, Overrated. that would, that would be fun. That would be fun. All right. Well, who's your fourth guy? You have, you have Kyrie, DeRozan, or Boogie? Give me Boogie. Okay. Keep, so my, you now keep have my Pelicans together. Davis, Boogie, Curry, and Giannis. Yep. That's a pretty solid team. That's probably a title team. That's a decent team. <laughs> title team. <laughs> uh, this is the easiest pick of all time. I'll take Kyrie. All right. Well, well DeMar DeRozan, come on down. he's gonna be last like there's no if he's not last then something's really up then it's like whoa they should just put him on curry's team right away yeah yeah he should just walk over there (laughs) like what who derosa might go last if this was if if they didn't divide it by starters and bench derosa would probably be my last pick i mean he'd be a bottom three three pick (laughs) yes easily okay so (laughs) i haven't looked into the way that they do the bench picks but i think curry goes first curry yeah Yeah. curry gets the first pick uh lots of different ways i could go here i've got a lot of size already so i think i want and derozan clearly is not going to see many minutes on this team so i need another need another guard who i can Is actually he play be a dmp cb <laughs> yeah, if i was coaching it i think he would be yes <laughs> um i'll take clay let's go let's go all right so you now have curry boogie davis Giannis, DeRozan, 
And, and I wanted I wanted to be Clay clear Thompson. that DeRozan is coming off the bench so far uh, on this team. Is he okay with that? I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, so I have LeBron, KD, Embiid, Kyrie, Harden, and I will be taking Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I I think I probably would have taken him, except you know with those three bigs already, it's like whatever. I, I just don't think they're like. You know, you're not playing a seven-game series. Well, Nobody cares what the lineups look like. Well. Okay. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, I think I want some more shooting. I'm going to take Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. That's maybe the first big upset of the draft. So Bradley Beal. I just, love the idea, I just love the idea of the, the Steph, Clay, Beal uh, three-point shooting raid. Sure. Death lineup. Um, let's see. I probably need actually this. You know, this is a really good looking team so far. A lot of depth. It's only going to get worse from here. Give me. So you have to take one of these guys. Give me Draymond Green. Oh, nice. I'm loving just the idea of it taking this long for Westbrook to get picked, and just like oh, the camera continuing to cut shoot, to Westbrook. I, I, I would have taken Westbrook <laughs> if I had seen his name on the list. Um, <laughs> But no, we'll, we'll stick with Draymond. No take backs. It's like the kid, he's like the guy in the green room. He's just oh like he's so pissed <laughs> off. Flipping over tables. Um, see, I think that's another thing they could do with this is like actually set it up as like a as like a play on the NBA draft and like have the guys yeah. in suits oh, and great. like go across. Like that would actually be really that'd really be funny. And I think yeah. and I think the players would be on board with They'd that. They'd be so into getting to wear draft day suits. Exactly. Again. Like yeah. you could you know some guys would probably wear crazy suits. Russ included. Mm-hmm. You know you could walk up would there you, shake hands with Steph. Would you like, let like Coach Calipari sit at like a table? He's <laughs> <laughs> got like two phones. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually be very funny. Uh, I'll take Porzingis. Chris Stapps, Porzingis to Team Curry. Okay. I'll take Russ here. I'll take Kevin Love. On purpose? Yep. You know, there's other players left. No. Okay. So Kevin Love is off the board. Porzingis is off the board. Um, God, I don't want I don't want Kyle Lowry. <laughs> give me give me Damian Lillard. He spoke his way into the all-star game. He deserves it. Yeah. Where are you at on that, by the way? I, uh, I don't know if you not, heard Russ take not, a pretty clear shot at Dame a, last night. Not a big fan. I think he's deserving. I, I don't think he needed to do this whole self-campaign. Yeah, well, I think he's him, got in either way. None of it has anything to do with him being deserving. Like, it's just, like, that's so pathetic. You know, that's like... Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Russ said it because that means that yeah. other players probably think it too. All right, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler just to get a little versatility sure. in there. I, part of me thinks that Butler might not play in this game because of that knee issue, but I guess as of right now, he's probably fine. I think he's probable to play tonight. We'll see. Yikes. Now we're getting down to the... Getting down to it. The final four. Aldridge, Oladipo... Well, no, oh, we got final five. five. Yeah. Aldridge, Oladipo, Horford, Lowry, and Wall. Uh, this is a pretty easy one. I'll take John Wall. I will take... You know, I have so much size, but... Do you want to take Mello under the assumption that he somehow <laughs> sneaks his way into this game? That's fine. I'll take Lala. Um, I'll take Al Horford. Al Horford. Just because I like him. 
So he's not, look, might, whoever I take here is not going to play. Yeah. He's just going to have to be a good guy that sits <laughs> there on the bench. all DNPs. <laughs> I mean, it's a tight rotation this right. late in the year. Yeah. This is uh, a D'Antoni rotation. This is really tight. Is Kevin Hart going to be available? <laughs> is that guy from Arcade Fire that always plays in the celebrity yeah. game going to be available? Yeah. Two Chains, by the way, is hosting a basketball celebrity game against Snoop Dogg's team on, I think, Friday or Saturday of All-Star Weekend, just so you know. Wow. So just in case you happen to... Is Brian McKnight that. available? Who? Never mind. He usually sings like uh, the national anthem, like he's like an old oh, R&B singer. Gotcha. I'm not a big national anthem guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're down to Aldridge, Oladipo, and Lowry. I'll take Oladipo. Pretty easy call there. <laughs> I mean, I think whoever I'd pick and then never play is going to be annoyed out of Aldridge and Lowry. Uh I'll take I'll take Aldridge though. All right, good for you. And I get <laughs> mostly uh, mostly just because I wanted you to have to take Lowry. <laughs> I mean, Aldridge. If and, I have to take DeRozan, you have to take Lowry. Aldridge and Lowry are the least exciting players in this format. That's <laughs> like I mean, part of me, you know, God bless Paul Millsap, but he played in a lot of All Star games, and he just that was just a normal game for him, and it yep. was not fun. <laughs> who are your like top three guys who are just really fun to watch in this format? Like I think Embiid gets bumped up a couple spots. I, Giannis to me was <clears throat> like last year, and I think if we want to factor in like last year, uh, I think Davis and Giannis have to be in there because like Giannis didn't get the minutes to put up the numbers right. that Davis did last year, but Giannis was the only one who was legitimately trying on both ends, mm-hmm. and him trying versus guys who aren't trying makes him look even more superhuman than usual. Like just the amount of just tomahawk dunks, half court transition, like whatever. I mean, it's pretty nuts. So I think Mm -hmm. Giannis AD and I like Steph a lot. It just, cause he gets to do the pull up from anywhere thing. Um, and he's good enough at it that it doesn't just come off as someone chucking people did quickly forget that he had what like five opportunities to to like donate a hundred thousand dollars to some charity and like remember they pulled him off it was like at the three-point shootout oh yeah contest. they like yeah, pulled yeah, him yeah. off the sideline yeah to just like hit there was like oh he'll just make this half quarter and yeah. everybody got all excited and then he missed it five times in a row <laughs> Look, uh, he's not was, he's not automatic from half court. No, and he was also wearing street clothes. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really unfair to put I think in that street spot. clothes makes a legit difference in my opinion. Like uh, when yes. it <clears throat> like it's not He's in like a like a jacket it, or something. It, it's I don't know, you're maybe at like 70% of yourself. Well, as especially a when you're shooting a half quarter right. which like requires yeah. max extension right. like right. it's just yeah. yeah, it was unrealistic. I felt I actually did feel bad for Curry. That that was not cool. Okay, so your team, Curry, Boogie, Davis, Giannis, DeRozan, those are your well, starters. No. Well, they have to be your starters. They, they legitimately no, have to be. No. Bench, Clay, Beal, <laughs> Chris Stapps, Horford, uh, and then Aldridge will probably be inactive. Um, I have LeBron, KD, Embiid, Kyrie, and Harden as my starting five with Towns, Draymond, Russ, Lillard, Wall, Oladipo, uh, and Kyle Lowry, who I'd, I might look to trade before this game. <laughs> I think we did a good job. I i agree looking forward to it uh well i'm gonna give you some time to talk about jaron jackson and zach levine but first we you and i know how frustrating it can be to play in dfs tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by sharks and pro players did you know that 91 percent of the money in those contests is won by one percent of the players well now finally we have found a new dfs game where you actually have a chance to win 
with DraftEasy.com's Rapid Fire game. All you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of five picks right, and you triple your money. It's that easy. No salary caps, no math, which is huge. No competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE. Great company, ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E. Get a free shot at $50. And for ROTOWIRE users, if you get at least one pick right, just one out of five, 20% chance, you score $20 for free. For the month of January, DraftEasy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip. What does drip mean? Do you know? Not in this context. What do you mean? Like, so it's... It says no drip. I'm guessing it's like a money that goes back to the site or something mm, like that. Like sure. a rake. Oh, right. That I've heard. Yeah, rake. Yeah, no yeah. drip slash possibly rake. Up to $100. <laughs> Go now. DraftEasy.com. Fantasy sports made easy. Okay. You have the floor. Zach Levine, Jaron Jackson. Let's start with Zach Levine. Uh, I just... he's uh, He's been one of my favorite players for a while. Not in a good in real life sense, but just kind of watching what he can do when he's the the focal point of an offense because he just makes it look so easy from pretty much anywhere uh he's averaging 24 points per 36 since coming back uh seven and a half rebounds actually no eight and a half rebounds over four assists i actually think that the at least the assists and the points are kind of sustainable for him like once he once he builds his minutes up there uh and he might even get above 24 points per game honestly on on this bulls team whenever he's in he's got complete autonomy of the offense like it's it's kind of his show he has the green light to pull up whatever he wants he's kind of a perfect good stats bad team type of guy like it's almost better this way that he isn't under like a strict coaching system where he has to be reined in or anything well, like for that. The Bulls specifically. Yeah. Right. And I just, it's one of the reasons I love watching him is just the way he moves. It's just so athletic and so smooth and seamless. And he's already back to that Zach Levine form yeah. after the injury. I mean, he's got the bounce. He has like the, the change of direction. Um, he's just such a good finisher as soon as he gets in the lane, like he can, I mean, there's a variety of ways that he can finish. Uh, the, sh- the shot looks as good as ever. I mean, he's, he's always been a guy that I think is a little under underrated from three point range. I mean, he's a better shooter percentage wise than a guy like Bradley Beal is. And it, I mean, it's a good looking shot. He can do it off the dribble, catch and shoot. Uh, takes a lot of them too. It's not like yeah. he's just taking one a game. Yeah, so I just kind of want to say that Zach Levine looks yeah. like he's back, and you get that Levine, uh, Markinen. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I know a lot of people were talking trash about that trade when it happened. Uh, I wasn't among them, partly because I'm biased towards Levine and Markinen. But uh, that's if we're looking at what a guy like Kevin Love could fetch in a trade right now, that type of thing. What a guy like Kemba Walker could fetch in a trade, I think they did okay. Yeah, well, and we, there's a lot of trades that looked terrible at the time in the last year that have kind of been the opposite. Yeah. I mean, the Indiana one, obviously, I mean, these talked about. Even the boogie trade, I still think the Pelicans won it pretty handily, but it's not as completely horrifically one-sided as we thought. I mean, even though Gar, Gar packs, like, it, it's, they, they seem like they have no idea what they're doing. Like, this, these, these front offices are all, they're all still pretty smart. Like it's when they make a trade like this or the, the mm. Kevin Pritchard, Indiana one with Oladipo, like 
they're not idiots. Like right. <laughs> they, there's really reasons know. why they want these guys. And the Butler trade hasn't been reported on nearly as extensively as the Kyrie trade or the Oladipo trade. Like we don't really know what Butler's situation was, what kind of leverage they had. Probably probably less leverage than it seemed. I think that they. I I have to imagine that that was by far the best package they were getting, in part because it's Tibbs and right. he wanted Butler more than any other team wanted yes. Butler. And it's funny if just thinking about just the Paul George, Kyrie, and Jimmy Butler trades, the one that was most loved at the time was the Kyrie one mm-hmm. in terms of the the return package yeah. and now it's the worst by far by far the worst uh assuming that pick doesn't fall in the top five or six which and I think the is other thing we need to say about that pick and as as someone who would like to see LeBron make another run at the Warriors even if it's ultimately futile even if that pick lands at two or three like yeah you're getting a really good prospect but it's not guaranteed that you're just getting like you know, the next LeBron well, like, just restart at, your franchise like that. Plenty of number two and number three overall picks don't work out. It's not a guaranteed lottery ticket. Even just look at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, who is just as can't miss as it gets. Right. Like he only recently has started being decent at defense. So like it's not even if you're getting that type of guy, yeah. like a, a Towns, a Giannis. I mean, the only guy I can think of in recent memory, uh, that was good enough from day one that he would be a legit help to LeBron in that type of chase would be Anthony Davis because yeah. of his I mean, two-way ability. Well, if you're gonna if you wanna go back that far, even Davis, sure. like as great as Davis is, he's one of my favorite players. He's a top five player in the league. As, it's like it just rookies just don't help in it, right. and I just I mean, don't see the paradox that Cleveland has where yeah, yeah I mean like, LeBron is going to be so thrilled with this rookie that he stays, and LeBron doesn't like rookies. Period. Like it's right. not like he. Even a good rookie, even even like, say say Luka Doncic is as good as I think he's going to be. LeBron's not going to be impressed right. by him as a rookie, like it, no matter what he does. Exactly. And so it's just, but I again, like like I said, unless you're getting an offer for yep. a guy that legitimately, it's not even about. We agree that no matter what they do, they're going to lose to the Warriors if yep. they even get that far. You're just trying to impress LeBron. If you can't trade that pick for a guy that's going to impress LeBron, then right. you have to hold the pick. Exactly. No, that's true. That's that's the other thing. Is like I, I think, you know, black white. I think they should trade it. But if if it means you're trading it for DeAndre Jordan or you're trading it for Kemba Walker, or somebody like that, it's not worth it. Like, no. it. The offers aren't there. Like unless it's Boogie, unless somehow Paul George, whose name continues to be mm-hmm. raised, but it's like that's not happening. There's no reason to believe OKC would do that. It, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but to finish on Levine, per 36, he's only played six six games so far. I think he's only played 20 minutes two or three times. Per 36, 24.3 points, 8.3 rebounds, 4.3 assists. All those are career highs per 36 by a mile. Yeah, and he. this is what was to be expected. I just, like, it was so exciting that he got to go to a team where he was going to be the first option because he always sort of sort of showed that this was a possibility but he was always the third option in minnesota so it wasn't a a realistic thing for him it's kind of got a little bit of a hardened vibe to it where you're obviously i don't expect him to ever be that good as good as harden is from a a real life standpoint but i mean he he needed more shots he needed his usage rate to to be higher than it was and this is really exciting he averaged 19 points a game (laughs) last year as a third option right i mean there's 
there's a reason why the Bulls were looking mm-hmm. to try to get him. And <clears throat> it was a perfect storm because you had the Timberwolves, like Zach Levine's like the least Tibbs guy that you're going to get. And he, Jimmy Butler's the most Tibbs guy that right. you're going to get. So you were able to get that, that swap in there. Yeah. I mean, you're buying as low as low could be on a player right. in Levine's position after like the Like he injury. wouldn't be available without the injury. Right. That's what I, like, I kept trying to tell people at the time of the trade is like, everyone's like, well, yeah, but he's, you know, just got off this injury. Yeah. It's like, well, that's why he's available. He's it's not also available gotten to the point, the And I was definitely one of those people that was like, you know, what if he doesn't come back? And like, now I'm trying to think like, what's the last example of a player who tore an ACL and like, hasn't come back pretty damn good. Like Jabari, obviously, but he's even had guys like, that's a little bit have, of an exception. Yeah. Like, no one has come back, stayed healthy, and just like never been the same. Two ACLs is the new right. one ACL. Like, An Achilles is still a big issue. Yeah. You know, a, a hip issue like Thomas, like yeah. something like that, where it's you know more bone, ligament related. You know, combination of the two is obviously concerning, but. Yeah, like the torn ACL thing, I think it just sounds worse than it is. A really messed up psyche slash shoulder like Marco Fultz is dealing. Did you see the video from <laughs> yeah. yesterday? Yeah. I mean, yikes. Yeah. I mean, yikes. yikes. I, I don't know how those videos are getting out. Like, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm the 76ers, like I'm locking him in this like room with no windows yeah. and like this is the only place you're allowed to shoot. Like no video. Do allowed. you think he's going to play again this year? I mean, it's getting to that point. Like, I don't know. He hasn't played. He hasn't played in the last three months. Why would he play the next? <laughs> I think they want him to play, but yeah, you're Brett not going to. Is getting pretty frustrated. You're not going to let him play if that's what his shot looks like. Well, the weird thing about that video, I I cropped a gif out of it of him just like he hit the side of the backboard right. from the free throw line. But the he made four in a row outside of that. Like he was like uh-huh. swish, 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 side of the backboard. Uh-huh. Like how does that happen? Yeah, I don't know. And those are free throws. That's yeah. not off the dribble. Yeah. I think I think throwing him back in there now would be a disaster. I think that would that would not look good. I think he would. Would be, you throw him into the D League or the G League? I should absolutely. Say. I think but that the, that's but what you it's the there same for. Thing because the G League is is big enough now that there's a video of all these. Games. We've all but we've all seen the video already. Like it's right. not. That's the other thing. It's too, not, the like, secrets already out. Like right. I don't know shoot. what there is like, to protect him from yeah. at this point. They, I don't think the scrutiny can get much worse. Right. Although if he goes, if they were to throw him in an NBA game and he yeah, then it gets worse. A pair of free throws or sure. something like then things would get worse. And but then it the right. G League's the G League. This is yeah. literally what the G League is for. Right. And I, that's interesting. I, I haven't really seen that raised that much as a possibility. Um, well, I also heard uh, Windhorse say that the Cavs should do that with Isaiah Thomas, which I I would not do that. I know, but I mean, that's the right move. Yeah. Like if you can get the player to agree to it, that's the right. right, right well, way that's to go. and that's part of the whole the whole thing with the G league is you want to, I think the NBA is working hard to get it to the point where it's right. not viewed as like in baseball, emotion. like right. when guys like Bryce Harper was in the minors like last year or yeah. the year before rehabbing something. I mean, it just, that's and the way it goes to players. I I'm sure players don't love going to the middle of Indiana or whatever to, to go play for a couple of weeks, but crowds turn out like you're, you're like a celebrity. Well, these games, and you like, you're in the locker room and all of a sudden like all these players are like looking up like they're running up to you like whoa what's up man like yeah hey, like it's like, not it's not the worst themselves. thing ever like, to yeah, be in that situation yeah. um all right jaron jackson so uh i you know we've been talking on the show ever since the start of the college season about sort of that big five at the top right with Doncic, bagley ayton bamba and michael Eat porter that, yeah <laughs> we're not gonna see this year I and to me and like last time we talked about this, Jaron Jackson was my my sixth sixth guy. Actually, no, Bamba was my sixth guy, and I had Jackson in that top five. 
the more I think about it and the more I watch him, I think it, it, it's not going to surprise me if he kind of has sort of that, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, like the most recent example of like a guy that in January wasn't seen as a number one overall pick, number two pick, and then like uh, rose up there. Or Towns is such a unique case because that team didn't lose a game mm-hmm. until the final four. And it was kind of like universally known that he was good, but mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've we've gone over his numbers in college. He averaged like twelve and five a game because he was playing in a system that was complete opposite of what he should have been. But yeah, he was not. He was by no means a lock. I guess I mean, Okafor was the guy at that point in the right. year. Right. I mean, that year, at least through December, it was seen that Okafor was just this lock to go one. And yeah, I think that was there was no question it was Okafor in at least until the start of conference play. And I think Jackson. Like looking at it from like an NBA team standpoint, he's just he might be the best fit of any of these uh, big men. I mean, like we've talked about Bagley and Aiton and just how unique they are in terms of integrating them to an NBA offense. Jackson's not unique at all. Jackson's like the prototypical like you probably play him at the four, but he can play some five. He can play some three. He switches on all three positions. He can shoot. He can protect the rim. Like there's really nothing he can't do. And I mean, we talked about Bamba's blocks. I mean, Jackson's almost averaging six blocks per 40, which obviously he's not playing a ton of minutes. Those per 40 numbers are are (laughs) kind of sketchy, but I mean, he, he can legitimately protect the rim. He can shoot from three. I'm worried about how quick his release is from three, but he's shooting 45% from three. So right. it's At like, who cares? Means, like when yeah. you're shooting that well, he's shooting 80% from the line. I mean, yeah. there's just, I don't know what there is to not love about this guy. And I think that there's going to be some talk about him going yep. in the top three. I think he kind of faces this uphill battle, you know, where if he had come into the year as like the number one recruit, I, you know, I think we'd think differently about him, but the fact that it's taken a few weeks into the year and even for a lot of guys, probably months, you know, to, to come around on him. Like he, it's, I brought this up with other guys, you know, like Andrew Luck is the one example I always go to of like, he almost won the Heisman twice because he was mm-hmm. the favorite going into the year. And like, he's good, but you know, numbers wise, he probably shouldn't have even been a finalist. And that's kind of how it is with Okafor. Like when you start the year as the number one guy, you but, have a lot of leeway. But does that, that matters for stuff like the Heisman? Does it matter for the draft where there, there's so. these professional like, teams? Why did Joel like, Okafor go number three? Because well, that, thought he was good and but that's, he was the guy. But like, that's like a recent him, right? example that all these NBA teams, you know, you're constantly trying to evaluate yeah. your process. And that's a recent example of like, we shouldn't put that much stock yeah. into this type of thing. And like, oh, I you know, a, I a guy see, like. But it's still there. I mean, just look at Donovan Mitchell last year. There were a lot of teams that had him scouted as like a top five, top six, top seven talent in that draft. None of them had the balls to take him there. Kuzma, I think, is the same way. Yeah, and so I just think, and and unlike Mitchell and unlike Kuzma, Jackson has all the measurables that NBA teams drool over. Like he's going to put up ridiculous uh, stuff at the combine. I mean, his his wingspan, his vertical, like all that stuff is going to be uh, up there with the best guys. I just, I think that there's, if you want a guy that just fits the modern NBA perfectly, like I think it's him. I think there are certain GMs that worry of like, you don't want to be, you know, 28 other teams think drill local four is the third best prospect. If you don't take him, you take someone else. And then everybody's right. You're the guy who didn't take drill local four because you, you took a chance on some guy who everyone else had eight on their board. 
that, it, it'll go both that, ways. That you know? that definitely happens, but I mean, uh, Bennett I, is probably the reverse of that, where I, you reach for that guy that no one else thought was going number one, and right. it doesn't turn out. Um, I mean that that would have that was the risk that Danny Ainge was running yeah. when he traded exactly. the number one pick. It worked out perfectly. Right. I think that there's some like this is definitely a thing in baseball, and I think it might start becoming a thing in NBA front offices where teams want to be seen as the smart team like the like there's they don't care about signing paying a ton of money for like free agents in baseball they want to find they want to trade for like this young guy on a super cheap deal and then him turn out to be great and then they're viewed as a genius like if you're the nba team that's picking third or picking fourth Mm -hmm. and you take jackson and everyone had you pegged as taking like bomba or porter or something like that and it works out then it's like you know, actually, he reminds me of uh, Westbrook with the Thunder, like mm-hmm. where yes. they kind of went out there a little bit and took Westbrook, even though like a lot of people were saying like, this guy's got a crazy high ceiling. They actually, you know, they, they went there and it paid off in a, in a huge way. I could kind of see that happening with Jackson where <clears throat> it's a bit of a surprise when it happens just to kind of casual fans. And then yeah. I see the thing with Jackson, like, I mean, Okafor, I didn't see busting like that. But, I mean, you could at least see his game not really fitting the NBA game. You could see Anthony Bennett, like like him being a bust right. wasn't a huge surprise. I would be pretty surprised if Jackson didn't pan out, yeah. at least in at least to some degree. I, the Okafor thing to me, like, maybe, I, maybe I'm just dumb. Like, in retrospect, how, like... Why did I think he was going to be good? I don't know. I don't know why I thought I he was going to. Why did anyone well, think he was going to be he, good? because he, well, honestly, this is part of the reason or part of what scares me about Bagley is he dominates in sort of the same way that Okafor dominated in college, yes. where it's just like he's bigger, he's better mm-hmm. than all these guys he's playing against. So he's dominating from like eight feet and in. Right. But it doesn't work like that. I w- yeah. I, I don't want to go on the record and say that. Bagley's going to be a bust because I don't think that's the right word. I just I do not think he's going to be a perennial All Star player. I wouldn't take Bagley with a top three pick. Let's just let that's that's kind of where I am on it. I think that he absolutely needs to go top five, mm-hmm. just based on talent and and upside, right. yep. measurables, all that stuff. But I I'm worried enough that I don't think there's a way that he would end up in the top three right. on my board. And this all goes back to the Nets pick thing, where like. You're not just guaranteed wherever this pick lands. You're not just guaranteed yeah. to get this franchise guy no matter what. And I think that's something that Cleveland and, and any other team that's you know considering trading picks like this has had to consider. Okay, uh, we'll cut this off here. I know you got to talk prospects in a little bit. Um, I have a, I actually have a different rec game tonight. Oh, I've been asked to sub I, for a rec team. Wow, I didn't know if I should tell you, man. Um, I kind of wish you didn't. Short on guys, you know, it was kind of a last. If second you get hurt so. in this game. Does that I think we, we may point your contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back <laughs> next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.